Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and our guest today is Senior Consultant Paul Saldana. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks, AJ. Today we're going to be talking about the Palm School site down on I-35 in Santa Chavez and just some updates on what's going on. But before we get into that, Paul, um, can you give us some color on what the history of that site is yeah, to the office community? Absolutely. So at the corner of uh, East Cesar Chavez and I-35 is the old Palm School building. Uh, it's the current home for Travis County's Health and Human Services and Veteran Services building. But the school and the, the property in the building is probably best known for um, uh, its previous use as an elementary school with Austin ISD. It actually stood there for about 84 years before it actually closed in 1976. Uh, but like I said, it operated there as an elementary school uh, for Mexican-American and Swedish um, low socioeconomic families. Interesting, Swedish. Swedish. I remember I went, I went to one of the stakeholder meetings a few weeks ago, and that point was brought up. And just, uh, I mean, I didn't, I just wasn't aware Austin had that big of a Swedish population. Yeah, there's an old, there's an a long history back in the day that you know speaks to the diversity of what Austin is now. But originally, um, a lot of the Mexican American families and Swedish families lived in the downtown area mm-hmm. uh, along um, where the Greenwater Treatment Plant and Sea Home. Oh used wow! To be. Yeah, we're offices uh, now. <laughs> exactly, we're offices now, and so um, so because there was a school nearby, in close proximity. That was sort of the designated school. Mm-hmm. All right. So as of today, I know there's been a lot of things in the news about the, the site and proposed uh, or just proposals for what could be done with it. And give us some color on that. Who are the players and stakeholders involved in that process? Yeah. So let me pr- provide a little bit more history uh, and context. So um, at the end of uh, 2015, uh, the Travis County Commissioner's Court started to have conversations um, um, at the court about uh, the potential and future use of the Palm School site. Uh, Keep in mind there's Palm Park, which is actually owned by the city, but Travis County actually owns the Palm School site. So back at the end of uh, 2015 and then in early 2016, the Travis County Commissioner's Court actually created a a Palm School committee uh, as well as um, making some initial appointments. The original intent was to look at um, the historical aspects of the building because he had brought, been brought to their attention uh, about the historical significance. Uh, uh, the building actually goes back to the early 1830s, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Commissioner Goldman's in particular um, uh, spoke uh, about the historical significance to the Mexican-American community. And so the County uh, Commissioner's Court um, in early 2016 created this Palm School Committee um, and the original uh, charge was for them to look at um, uh, exploring the possible preservation, uh, looking at potential historic designations and the historical, um, uh, maybe considering additional historic protections uh, for the building, but at the same time being cognizant of the fact that there were some commissioners, including Judge uh, Eckhart, who is interested in looking at the best uh, possible use for that site and also looking at, at the, the, the perspectives of um, the prospects of um, the, the 
real estate value mm -hmm. uh, of that particular property. So fast forward now to um, 2019, there have been um, a series of community meetings that have been uh, facilitated by Travis County. Travis County actually hired an architect uh, engineering consultant and they have internal staff that have been in the process of facilitating a, a few community stakeholder meetings. Um, and then the architect uh, uh, architects that were hired by Travis County, working in partnership with the Palm School Committee and Travis County staff, have now come forward and released a draft of restricted covenants that are based on two scenarios. One is um, the, highest, the, the highest and best use, I guess, for that land and looking at scenarios where the Travis County might um, end up selling that land. And the second scenario would be that the Travis County um, would enter into a long-term lease agreement uh, at that site. Uh, I think where the debate uh, and the different perspectives come in is whether or not the site should be preserved for historical purposes or whether or not the county should move forward with looking at issuing some type of an RP to sell it to mm -hmm. a potential buyer or enter into a ground lease agreement. And so, you know, fast forward with also all the downtown initiatives that are currently underway. Recently, uh, the Austin City Council, for example, received a report from the University of Texas about potential scenarios as it relates to the convention center, whether it's an expansion, whether it's starting all over again. Um, the mayor a couple of years ago announced his downtown puzzle initiative that mm -hmm. would look at creating synergy with all the different uh, projects that are underway in the downtown area. Then obviously there's the Waller Creek Conservancy uh, and their efforts to try and redevelop uh, the public parks and squares in the downtown area and to redevelop the Waller Creek um, area so that we could uh, look at maximizing the potential of that use mm -hmm. at the same time. Real quick, uh, touching on Walla Creek, just for those who, um, who aren't aware, who are relatively new to Austin in the last year or two, that's a very, I mean that, it, obviously I know how Palm, the Palm School would fit in that site, or fit into their overall master plan, but that's significant in and of itself. Um, and, you know, can you just highlight that briefly? The Waller Creek plan. Yeah, so so Waller Creek um, was created um, as a 501c3, and their really mission is to create and maintain a chain of extraordinary urban parks along a restored Waller Creek. Uh, and so within their plan and master plan is Palm uh, Park, which is next to the Palm School property. But this lengthwise, we're talking about what a little, a few miles north of them. I mean, it would, it would cut down to uh, Town Lake, Lady Bird Lake. Yeah, so the Waller Creek Parks District actually includes nearly 40 acres of oh, wow. publicly owned land, so it's pretty significant. Um, and so within their master plan uh, includes um, a future redevelopment plan for the Palm Park, which would in essence bring more activity mm -hmm. uh, and highlight obviously the green space and things that Austin um, why people like Austin uh, is uh, protecting the, the natural parks area uh, and like I said coming up with uh, um, their plan of basically redeveloping those 40 acres of public owned space gotcha. and putting it into public use. Gotcha. And so, so, so we're at a point now where we're at that crossroads I think where Travis County uh, Commissioner's Court has now received um, a draft um, set of restricted covenants that were put together by the architectural consultant um, and uh, Travis County staff 
And so um, there is a survey that is online that people can take. If folks just go to Travis County Palm Park and you'll get a link to a, a survey where they're asking citizens in Austin to provide input about the draft restricted covenants. Um, so recently, uh, you and I both attended uh, the most recent meeting that took place a couple of weeks ago at Terrasas Library in East Austin, where the staff from Travis County presented this plan. In that meeting, you had a, a, a few council members, Council Member Tobo, Kathy Tobo, um, and Palm School and Palm Park actually fall uh, within the boundaries of Council Member mm -hmm. Tobo's District, District, 9. District 9, correct? Council Member Pio was there, um, and while this is outside of his district boundaries. Just barely the border though, right? Right, just on the border. Three, and he has District 3. Right, he has District 3, but, but uh, Council Member Renteria was actually a student at mm -hmm. the original Palm School. Um, as was Commissioner Gomez. And she she has precinct, shoot, precinct 3 Precinct 2? She has Precinct 4. Precinct Commissioner Gomez has Precinct oh, yeah. 4, and she was also a former student there at Palm School. It actually falls within the boundaries of Commissioner Darden's district, All right. um, our precinct, should I say. But um, because of the historical significance with the Mexican-American community, that's why you have Councilmember Enveria and you have Commissioner Gomez mm -hmm. involved in this in this process. And so at this point, uh, Travis County is in the process of connect, uh, collecting feedback, uh, uh, collecting uh, responses to the to the latest survey. That all all of that information will then be presented to the Travis County Commissioners Court, and the court ultimately will make the decision on what the future what the future will be for the Palm School site. Um, keep in mind that Travis County is in the process of building new offices uh, um, on Airport Boulevard and so the current staff from Travis County from Health and Human Services and from Veteran Services will all be relocated to a property on Airport Boulevard which then would free up the space there uh, at Palm School. Um, and so as I was mentioned earlier there are a lot of different initiatives that are currently underway uh, and obviously with that, different initiatives, there are a lot of stakeholders and there's obviously a lot of interest uh, uh, in that regard. Gotcha. So what do you think just year to date, a year out from today, if you will, any predictions where it could be? I mean, it seems like the, the regulatory process, procedural process, it's still very much in the, you know, in developing phase. And, um, you know, there's not really a, it didn't seem an immediate hurry from the county commissioner's court to make a decision. Um, given the amount of stakeholders involved in the community side, uh, in the Mexican-American side in particular. Yeah. Um, and then on, um, you know, I'm sure that all on the business side is always a, a faster push. Absolutely. But because of the community considerations, which Austin's very famously known for. Well, um, I, think, I, I, think, I think we could, we will see probably this year a decision by the commissioner's court about uh, whether or not they plan to move forward and issue an RP or, or sell the property or enter uh, uh, into a solicitation process where they would consider um, uh, a partnership uh, and do a long-term lease agreement. Or uh, I know that there are uh, stakeholders um, and there's interest by some council members uh, that would like to see Travis County offer the city the right of first refusal mm -hmm. uh, so that perhaps they could either repurchase that property and then and then save it for some type of community purpose gotcha well paul we'll look forward to future updates from you on this issue i know um it's something we're, we're definitely watching internally at the firm and uh well i'll say it's see, see, until next show but i'll see you after this <laughs> i have to record this all right thank you for your time all right. 
we're back for a little bonus talk. Paul, can you explain to the audience why Bingham Group is well positioned uh, to help with this matter? Well, so I, I think we're uniquely positioned to be involved in this process from the from from a couple perspectives. One, uh, we're both Austinites, um, and then uh, my background because of my previous role uh, as the chief of staff for Mayor Garcia uh, and working at City Hall for uh, 15 years. In fact, the AISD, there's an AISD connection, uh, but also from the perspective of the interest uh, with the Latino community, the Mexican-American community. I had family who lived on Rainy Street uh, as an example. And so we have continued to be a, a sounding board and a resource to the elected and appointed officials and to um, the stakeholder community who are interested uh, in this site. For example, Councilmember Tovo um, has <clears throat> will be sponsoring a resolution on May 23rd that will be co-sponsored by Council Member Renteria that basically lays out as a starting point a set of guiding principles um, uh, that the goal being that we will set up, there will be a set of goals and objectives that will essentially serve as a, as a Palm District cleaning process that involves Brush Square, the Austin Convention Center, the Walla Creek Conservancy, the Rainy Street neighborhood, the Emma Esparientos Mexican American Cultural Center, um, that will essentially begin a, a comprehensive pl planning process to basically go back and revisit um, some of the previous initiatives that were passed and adopted by council to maybe offer some clarity and correct maybe some um, uh, uh, original intents, policy intents that were not clearly communicated or followed through on, and it will involve a very diverse group of stakeholders. and so. I think we'll be involved in that uh, mm -hmm. in, in that process just because historically you know, I have been involved in that process with the uh, with the elected and appointed officials uh, in our community, and so I encourage people to um, stay tuned. And if they're really interested in learning a little bit more uh, about this, uh, I think it's a significant project uh, that they should reach out to us. Mm -hmm. You can reach Paul at paul at binghamgp.com and reach me at aj at binghamgp.com. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.